Hey, how you doing? I'm Steve Follin. Thanks for listening. This episode of Being Freelance is supported by FreeAgent, the online accounting software that makes self-assessment and VAT easy. They've been making tax digital for years. To claim your one-month free trial, visit freeagent.com slash beingfreelance. But right now, let's find out what it's like being freelance for experienced designer Stefano bellucci Sessa. For me, freelancing is more of a mentality. Be your best boss that you ever had. So you have to make sure that you reward yourself, you take time off to learn, or you mix projects, you keep yourself creative and nurtured. I really struggle with binary descriptions. <laughs> so work and life, for me, I find mixed together. So like my own project is my life. I don't want to count the hours I spend working or the hours I spend traveling. I just want to see how much they impact my growth. Yeah, so there is Stefano, who is from Italy, although works out of the UK. And yes, really looking forward to talking to him. He joins a wealth of people sharing their stories at beingfreelance.com or wherever you get your podcasts. By the way, if you've left a review recently, thank you so much. Really appreciate that. I, I won't list all the places you can get the podcast, but, you know, including Apple and Spotify, for example, wherever you get them. Or at beingfreelance.com, where you can also find the videos that I do, my vlog about my own freelance experiences, articles and the community. Please, it would be brilliant to see you over there. So many freelancers from around the world in there heading towards a thousand now, which is so cool. As, as I record this, like we only started it in January and it's just been a really great experience. So thank you to everybody who's made it that way. And yes, what was I going to say? Oh, yes, I know what I wanted to mention. Towards the end of this year, towards the end of 2019, if you're listening to this as it goes out, because we're going to take a break for the summer, but then we will be back with season nine, is it? Yeah, season nine. And as part of that we will hit our 200th episode. Episode 200 of Being Freelance. I can't quite believe it, but it's going to happen. And it's going to be a live episode in London. We did a live episode in London a few weeks ago at National Freelancers Day, but we're going to be doing this one not as part of a bigger event, but just for us. A bit of a celebration. Come and have a drink. If you fancy that, you can find details at beingfreelance.com. Okay, so beingfreelance.com, click on events and you will find out how to be part of the audience for the 200th episode. And I look forward to sharing that with you. If you can't be there in person, you will still get to hear it come December uh, <laughs> of this year. But hey, let's enjoy the summer as it is for us in the Northern Hemisphere way before that. Right, let's crack on, shall we? Speak to this week's guest, and that is freelance experience designer Stefano Bellucci-Sessa. Hey, Stefano. Hi there. How are you doing? I am good. I should say something like ciao, shouldn't I? Isn't that the yeah, better? Yeah. I should. I, I once bothered to do Italian lessons, but I wasn't very good. Well, you got ciao, right? Ciao. Yeah, <laughs> that's um, that's about as good as I got. I could say something like... Um, La ragazza e nella scatola. <laughs> That's really weird. Now, what did I just say? The girl is in the box. <laughs> yes, the girl is in a box. That was the one thing I remembered from. <laughs> what I cling to, Stefano, is the fact that one day I might be on holiday in Italy and the girl might be trapped in a box and I'm the only one who knows and I'm treated like a hero in the national press because I was able to alert the authorities that the girl was in the box. Yeah, from a great power comes great responsibility. <laughs> so, as ever, let's get started hearing how you got started being freelance. Yeah, 
So I'm an experienced designer, and I was working in a company in an agency uh, called Flux, and uh, I was a visual designer there for four years. But after four years, I wanted to start to select my own projects and to rebalance my work-life balance, to be able to travel and have personal projects. And uh, yeah, therefore I left. I was super scared. But <laughs> I left. It was April 2016, I believe. And uh, or 17, I'm not sure. But yeah, I left so that I could pick my own projects and be more perfect of which kind of project will drive me more learning. Uh, because I was going through a career change, let's say, because I was going from visual design to experience design, and that will help me to be more mindful of what I was working on. Because, of course, in that defense, they want me to do more visual stuff because I was better at that. So, yeah, that's what brought me to leave there and start freelancing, and it was quite as scary. But then I started to get help from people I knew and from podcasts, like this one. And, uh, and yeah, it was quite overwhelming. But I think I managed to do it. <laughs> How did you go about getting your first clients when, when you left that company? Did you have any lined up when you left? No, I didn't, <laughs> which from thoughts of other people was quite reckless. But I put money aside, which was really, really important because then it allowed me to be a little bit more relaxed. If I remember correctly, my first client came from actually someone that used to work with me there in the agency. So it was a friend of a friend. And that was really, really important because then it got, it got me going. And then the other, the other client, there was a referral to somebody I knew. They knew someone that was needed on an experienced designer, which was really useful. And yeah, also because at the time, it was quite challenging for me to find jobs because in the agency, I was working most of the time with NDA, so I could not be able to show most of my projects, which was quite challenging because I could not have a public website or Behance or portfolio like Upwork or whatever. It's really challenging for me to show myself there because I cannot really show my, my work. Mm. So word of mouth or meeting people was the best way to meet people and, uh, and clients. And uh, yeah, the, the following ones, actually, I kept going. I went to a lot of events around London where I live. So I go to a lot of meetups, events, networking where I can meet people like me. But I think the best places are when actually people are not like me. I believe a lot of designers make the, the mistake of just going to the design events where you will not find a client. You might find someone that needs an in-house designer because they have a design team. But if actually you want a client, they're not designers because otherwise they will do them by themselves. You know. So yeah, I went to events like with doctors, for example. When, when I said I was a designer, everybody looked at me in the room like I was this shiny new thing, which was quite interesting. <laughs> yeah, and also because my job is quite abstract to a lot of people I don't understand what an experience design is. Yeah, meeting people makes me more in power to manage that conversation. So I meet people from startups in early in early stage, and I can tell them, oh, like, let me know what are your problems, what you're struggling with. And then once I know their problems, I can give them more examples of how I can help them with their business, which sometimes could be branding, sometimes could be testing a new idea, doing a piece of research to understand the customers. So yeah, that make me break the ice and make them know what they can expect from me, which is easier than from a portfolio, them Googling, I have this problem with something, who should I talk to? Yeah, that was quite interesting. That's so cool. So going to events 
like full of people who <laughs> who found the fact that you, you full of people doing something totally different to you was that also nerve-wracking though yeah a bit because but then it was part of the challenge so actually in the previous in the agency you kind of use that you have to explain your job to many people because anyway that's what consulting how consulting works already you're used to work with insurance people bankers or whatever customer support anyone from a company so you're used anyway that you are the creative that is hard to understand where they are but yeah it was quite interesting because i could be able to understand how to sell myself so let's say like meeting people that had no idea what to do helped me to understand more of why and how i do things rather than the what so i could understand okay what's the umbrella thing that i can help people with because i can do information design i can do interaction design i can do a logo or a website or whatever but actually what is that i do and that's what i understood is more about storytelling and helping them communicate with people interact with them and that got me to the actual umbrella that covers everything it was a good tip that i got by someone who i don't remember the name of but it was one of the first freelancers that i met at the beginning and they said yeah try to understand the, the umbrella that covers all your skills because that's what makes you then also help the clients outside of just the specific job and have more of a relationship with them help them all around or rather than just for a one 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 gig or one project one task after those meetups did you have like a a way of following up those people you've met or like you know like how long might might it take before you you perhaps got work out of it so it depended by the meetups uh with some i just was meeting like a lot of them were just early stage founders of our startup so it was just a matter of chatting with them for a coffee then helping them a little bit being available and try to understand what they were doing uh, but others were more events where actually people were more looking for my type of role and that's what i got to in my first big project which was for a company education a startup in education and for them i was the ux ui designer but then i got to more and more into the strategy bit until actually also army full-time so that was a more a long relationship with them and the workshop also pay me monthly instead of per hour. so that changed as well so sorry you just said they ended up wanting to hire you full time yeah that happened i think almost after one year and uh, yeah that was interesting also because the other podcast that i was listening to was clients from hell which was super useful also so that you actually interviewed him as well um yeah, it was really useful and actually it was weird because there is a moment where he leaves the podcast. He left the podcast because he was in the same situation where he was offered to go full time somewhere. And that basically matched with when I was given the offer. And it was quite cathartic. <laughs> it was quite fun. And yeah, it's interesting because I think like the biggest learning for me as a freelancer is was to actually be more in charge of my own project, which is anywhere in my life and my career. So that shifted completely like the approach I was doing to my own personal development. So if I go full time on a project and not actually being hired from a project, for me anyways, it's not me not being a freelance anymore, if I can say, because in my long term, I know that I'm not going to be in that company for 20, 30 years. And, uh, and even if I really like, when I go full time, I really commit to it because I have a good big sense of community and belonging. And I wanted to learn how to nurture the company itself outside of just doing the project. From my my long-term strategy, joining full-time a company as employed is anyway a project of my life. So 
yeah, that's the thing. It was the biggest learning of being a freelancer. It's not just I'm not just a business entity. I'm actually I'm more Stefano as a business, let's say, and so it's just different phases of my life, and that's useful because outside actually working for them, doing projects, that makes me more to give ownership of my personal growth and more my own culture, let's say, my own business culture, and be accountable of my yeah how I want to grow there and outside. And that was quite important because compared to when I was in the agency before, I kept doing, I kept attending many meetups, even if I wasn't after clients anymore, because that was just meeting people or learning new things or being able to understand what kind of jobs I was in projects I wasn't interested on because I was more interested in the one I was doing. And yeah, that, that gave me like more, like as I said, more accountable, my own personal growth. For example, uh, in the startup, because it was a startup anyway, they didn't have a huge amount of budget. Uh, there was a two days conference and they were able to afford only one day of the conference for me, which was really, really nice. But then for me, as a personal growth, it was really important to attend both days of the event. So I just paid my own, uh, my own uh, ticket for the second day. Because for me, it was more important to do that than just go along with what they were able to achieve. Because at the end, it's my own journey. And uh, and like, let's say as a boss of myself, I keep being the, my own boss, even if I have legally another boss that takes care of that part of the project of my life, let's say. I love that way of looking at it. Yeah. So how long did you end up working with them full time? One year and a few months, like one year and a three months. So at the beginning it was for three months, I was just doing part time also because at the time I was teaching. So when I went freelancing, I also started teaching design. So it was a great experience. And, uh, and I did that also because I wanted to learn how to lead other people, which was, uh, I was at that stage of the career when I left the previous company. But going freelancing was a kind of challenge in there because if I go freelance, I don't even be less likely they're going to be able to lead someone in a team. Uh, so I say, okay, so let me like look for jobs for myself and then look for teaching experience so they can teach others and learn how to mentor others in another way. So in September, 2016, I'm really bad with numbers, maybe with 17, but I remember, um, I started teaching and working part-time in the startup. Until then, after three months, the startup asked me to, to go four days per week instead of two and a half. And so I had to remove some of the teaching and teach only in the evenings. And then after six, seven months, the startup asked me to go five days per week and, uh, and being hired. And actually during the the offer, the actual fifth day was actually said, like, listen, we want you to use invest this day, not just to deliver your, the product, but also the strategic thinking about the company, how it can be long term and these kind of things, uh, which of course becomes another type of job, which is more interesting and is more involved because when you are involved full time in the company, you want to think about the company even more long term, uh, which also, as I said, because I have a big sense of belonging and commitment. I enjoy that, so I don't see that as a something that is going to lock me there or whatever. Also because then I left. So, <laughs> and then I left them in December, uh, last December. And since December, I've basically been doing freelancing again, a little bit, also with them, actually. I've been doing some freelancing, some side projects, some learning, and mostly been on sabbatical, so I traveled a bit. And uh, I've been doing courses online, meeting people, and that shift again to have more balance on myself but then in the company which is definitely a learning gonna take for the next opportunity i have full time 
yeah, I, like for me, freelancing is more of a mentality rather than, oh, I choose my own projects or I pay like the taxes on my own. Interesting that you, you use the term sabbatical. Does that mean that when you go traveling, which was one of the, you know, one of the driving forces you mentioned at the beginning to going freelance, having that flexibility to do traveling, when you travel, are you just traveling and not working or are you working on the road? So I said sabbatical because actually I wasn't really looking for a job or perform projects. That's why I say sabbatical. Uh, then in some scenarios, I would say I was a freelancer because it sounds less lazy sometimes <laughs> or because it makes you see that you're open to projects anyway. But yeah, actually, I was traveling and just for the sake of traveling. Yeah, even if it made me actually wonder a little bit how it feels to be this digital native like people say oh people i met there like because i went to mexico morocco and i did meet people that was freelancing and yeah just being there i was like huh that's a different lifestyle <laughs> yeah i did consider doing that but then because as i said i kind of like to be like on the spot because you get the best I'm being a service designer and an experienced designer. I get the best from actually being in contact with people and see and observing things how they are. And that kind of made uh, remote working a little bit more challenging. So I might do that in the future, maybe if I want to, if I decide, okay, you know what, I prefer to travel more or not be specific in that area or whatever. I must say, okay, let's rebrand myself because I want to make sure that I have more exposure to traveling and other things. And maybe I'm going to just be more of a graphic designer that allows me to work more full, more uh, remotely, for example. But yeah, that I was just traveling for traveling's sake, which is good because uh, like for me, it was also a reward for how much I, I worked the year before. So because I was still in the startup and, and teaching, some days I basically worked 12 hours a day. <laughs> oh, and I was working most days, even the weekend, because in the weekend I was preparing the lessons. And there was a huge amount of work that I've done. So being able to say, okay, you know what, I'm going to go sabbatical. I'm not going to look for a project now. I'm going to just relax because I earned it. Like, I worked so much last year and it's good to reward myself with some laid back and sit to relax. So when you're working, it sounds like the sort of thing that you work on, you tend to go in and work in other people's offices rather than at home. Yeah, I tried some time, like it depends by the, the parts of the process they use, that I do. So sometimes I might work at home. Also when I was in the startup, we're anyway a little bit more relaxed. because Also because some of us were, the manual manager was in Spain, for example. So we were open to remote working, but then it depends by the project. If you have to run a workshop, it's better to be anyway in the same place. And of course, like when I have to do research and interview people, I had to go there and meet them in person. But as I said, like part of it is being able to take the small chunks of company culture that you were able to improve by being there in person rather than remotely. But yeah, like sometimes say, we were open to remote working and it was quite useful just for at least to do chores every now and then so that you don't have to do the laundry only in the weekend, for example. And you mentioned when you chose to go freelance. So one, one part was traveling, but you also said that you, you wanted to be able to do your own personal projects. What kind of stuff have you been working on? So... My side project ended up being teaching a little bit on one side. I also do improvisation, which I see there as a, my own personal project because I'm part of an improv company and uh, it's quite fun. I also went to Edinburgh, the Fringe Festival, and it's quite nice. 
And now I do more and more because now also this sabbatical was to focus even more on personal projects. And uh, yeah, I want to, I started to write, write, writing about my mental health as a designer, as a creative. And uh, yeah, it's quite interesting. Um, that might become a project. You know, maybe I'm going to have my own podcast in the future <laughs> about talking about creativity and mental health. Or uh, also how to inspire others to have a sustainable lifestyle. So I'm quite into environment and sustainability. So I try to adopt now a sustainable lifestyle. And but as a designer, I see that I have opportunity to inspire others to do the same. So now I'm running a few projects to see how to do that. The moment is just an illustration project that I have on Instagram. And I'm doing step by step. But in the future, I would like to scale and maybe become a book or whatever. I don't know yet. I'll see what happens with the time. And yeah, that's one of the things I'm doing. I like that, you know, s- some of it, it feels way more, you know, like a hobby type thing. But also, yeah, you're taking time to spark off on stuff that interests you. And some of that feeds back into your work. But it's not just to do with your your actual freelance skills. It goes, it's expanding you, which seems to be a, about a lot a lot of what you do. You mentioned like your mindset or mental well-being to do with being a freelance. How, how have you found that side of it? So more than freelance is being a creative that is quite challenging for mental well-being because you are like continuously challenging yourself and uh, looking for unknown places because that's your job. And also being really vulnerable about, about showing your product or your service or your, the product or your work to others. And uh, it's quite stressing. <laughs> but at the same time, like that's what you're going with because I believe that if you're not exposing yourself, if you're not vulnerable and uh, if you don't challenge your assumptions that you're unknown, so you're not doing creativity right. So it's not about avoiding that, but it's actually being able to deal with it. And uh, yeah, in terms of and in terms of freelancing, I guess it's the same. Like you need to be able to understand how how far you go. So I learn a lot by being in the startup and by also being a freelancer. Uh, there's a Facebook quote that they say that you're only a one, we are only a one percent of your journey, and that's the same with your freelance career. And, Hopefully your life, I don't know. but yeah, the thing that you need to be okay that there is so much more to do in your life, so much more to do in your project, so much more to do in your freelance life, and it's just a journey that you have to do step by step, and it's quite overwhelming. But then you need to be able to look back and be grateful for what you are. So for that, the portfolio, my portfolio was quite important. I realized that actually, for a designer at least, making a portfolio is kind of a gratitude journal. So. I realized that when I left the company and I started freelancing because I wasn't updating my portfolio back then. And after four years, I look back all the work I've done and a good part of it looked really, really bad. Not because it was bad itself, but because I could do much better. So it was just looking at, instead of looking myself in the mirror, it's just to look at myself for many pictures of me and myself in the past and not be able to see myself there. And, and that because I wasn't actually updating my portfolio step by step and see, yeah, okay, I'm getting better. Okay, I'm getting better. Okay, I'm getting better. Okay, this project is not good anymore, but because I have done something better. So I'm going to remove this project and put another one. And that was a kind of a celebration. But I've never done that in four years. I'm doing it now. And uh, taking care of my, yeah, taking care of my portfolio is not just about job hunt. It's more about my own celebration of my own journey, which I want to make sure I do as much as possible if I go full time. Yeah, that's something really helps me as a, 
from a mental health. So do you feel like you've got the the work-life balance figured out, as in like that you're quite happy with, with how things have gone since you decided to work for yourself? Yeah, that's. I think that's the interesting bit about my own perception of work-life balance. I really struggle with binary descriptions. <laughs> so work and life, for me, are quite mixed together because I like, you know, kind of way my life is my work. So like my own project is my life which means that then actually projects and working for clients is just a part of my life. So I make sure that they're quite entangled. As I said, in the past, I worked 12 hours per day, and I was okay with that. It wasn't stressful because it was worth it. I was trying to make sure that I didn't undermine other side of my life. So I was making sure that I was able to go out with friends, anywhere travel, or take time for taking care of my own mental and physical well-being. So... The whole part of me being aware and not counting the hours, how much I was spending somewhere, and just be like, okay, am I okay? Am I rather okay psychologically or am I suffering? And of course, I've never done it. There are moments where I've done it wrong, and I was just aware of it and trying to learn from it. I had my own, let's say, breakdowns, where I was too overwhelmed. And actually, that where I lies because it matched with a phase of my life where I was, was not doing improv, and I realized, okay, so having that part of my life is really, really important. So that's how, let's say, I balance it. But at the same time, I, yeah, I don't say that to balance the work and the life. Also because I, want, I don't want to count the hours I spend working or the hours I spend traveling. I just want to see how much that impacts my growth in terms of what I learn from a project or my money or my well-being. So there are different points of view. And I will just, I measure those, which are more the outcomes rather than the hours I spend. Because at the end, like as a freelancer, I am my own boss, and I would not like my boss to count the hours I work in, a, in the company. So I don't want to, that's not the type of culture I would create if I were running a company, and I want to do that on myself. So I'm just aware and do check-ins every now and then, doing my own one-to-one, let's say, and say, okay, am I doing this right? Should I do better? Should I work a little bit more? Should I relax? Should I hang out with people? I met enough new people this month or have I learned something new and that just allows me to measure the outcomes rather than what I'm doing which is I just trust myself that I'm going to do the job and for my own freelance career and for my life so I don't need to be that methodic and measuring okay I work this number of hours or I've done this amount of shows or I met these people it's just okay am I, am I doing it? Do I see the outcomes? And then I just trust myself. It sounds like you take a lot of time to reflect as you go along. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's something that I learned to see how more of a weak is not a weakness but a strength. I said that two years ago I entered really a lot into mindfulness, and quite finally, actually, because it was just a role that was given to me in a theater play, and I was okay with this mindfulness. And because I was a mindfulness coach in the play, I ended up discovering mindfulness. And it was so important to me because I realized how actually sometimes you just need to be aware of stuff, which is, is which is really, really important. We all have voices inside that speak to us. And if you, we feel if we are aware of them, you understand if you let them drive you or not. So, for example, like now it's really important because I'm looking for a, for a job and uh, for a big project. And... Uh, for me, the fact that I want to have 
heavy goal, sustainable projects or heavy impact on the people's life instead of selling more or instead of doing in, uh, fintech, this kind of project that I'm not interested in um, is really, really important. But at the same time, when I look for jobs, there's so much money into them. Like, I apply for jobs that are half for the budget of the one that I'm not saying no to. And it's really, really like, I feel I'm going insane. <laughs> but actually, just because I stick with my own with my own values, and that's important. And I will always have a voice inside me that say like, oh, but that's so much money. Yeah, but that's not a voice I want to listen to. <laughs> and it's really important for, for like in the work life also side. Like, I believe that even if you have a great relationship with someone, you're always going to be jealous a little bit. But that's normal because you have a voice inside you that is your own insecurity. And it's up to you if you acknowledge it or not and make you drive it or not. And in the same with when you choose a project or when you want to go somewhere. Yeah, a lot of people, for example, carry on their jobs and have done it too in the past. Be unhappy uh, without being aware of how many days spent being unhappy. So it's really important that you look into yourself and mindfulness really helps you with that. And do you like journal or, or do you write down these thoughts at all? Or is it just something you take time to think about? I'm really bad at that. I did try to do journaling a lot of a lot of times with different tools. And it's something that I should get better. I'm trying to get better at. And I feel a few times I need to understand what's the best way to catch me doing it. But I yeah, I listen to myself a lot. Like when I cycle, for example, or just I'm really aware of it. Um yeah, writing down sometimes helps. But also I'm quite honest with people I have around, like my girlfriend or my friends. I'm always open with them and telling them what I feel so they know me and I can trust that too. But yeah, sometimes I also just be on my own. That really helps. Like, for example, being really aware for, for a work in projects, for example, being aware of what I'm missing, for example, when I'm traveling. So when I'm on holiday, I'm not working. Do I miss working? But what side of it do I miss? Do I miss hanging with people, seeing clients happy? Do I miss learning new things? And being aware of them and understand better what kind of projects I want to take on it for the future, which is really, really important because at the end I'm doing this. I, I don't choose projects except for the money. Uh, learning is really important. Social impact is even more important. Or people I hang out with. Money is secondary. I need to pay bills as well. <laughs> but I have a lifestyle that makes me manage my expenses that are not too big, unfortunately. And... Uh, which makes me then prioritize stuff about like as I said, learning and people I work with, which is more important for my growth. And uh, that's okay. Now, I always do this thing, Stefano, where I ask for three facts about yourself to make two true and one a lie and let me figure out the lie. What do you have for me? Yeah, I, I picked a theme. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> okay. So once I was in a Maya temple and a lizard licked my face. <laughs> A lizard licked your face? Yeah. Okay. Number two, once I was in a Buddhist temple and a monk asked me to take a picture with him. I thought you were going to say a monk licked your face. Okay, right. <laughs> uh, once I was in an old church next to the altar and there was a moonlight on my face while I was laying down. Oh, I do like your theme. Okay. A Maya temple, a lizard licked your face. A monk selfie or the church altar moonlight? I mean, how would the moonlight... Oh, did it come through like a stained glass window type? 
yeah, like the, the I don't know how they're called, like the windows of the church, like the arcs, one of the arcs, the, the moonlight there. What made you lie down next to the altar? Well, I had to sleep somewhere, <laughs> and I went to sleep in the church there. Oh, in the so you went into the church when no one else was around and slept next to the altar? I was with other people. So a few years ago, I did the Camino de Santiago, which is a pilgrimage in the north of Spain. And uh, when you go there, either you sleep in hostels or there are the priests in the church that welcome you. And all the bank decks were, were full. But the priest was welcoming anyway. And he said, yeah, you can stay, but you're not going to have a bed. So you need to sleep next to the altar. I said, yeah, well, that's quite cool. <laughs> so I'm going to do that. So, yeah, he, that's how I ended up sleeping there. OK. And when you had a photo taken with the monk, it was the monk who asked you. You didn't ask the monk, right? Yeah, he asked me. So the monk came up to you and said, can I have a photo taken with you? Yeah. I don't understand why the monk would do that. I mean, I'm sure you're a good looking chap, but I don't understand why. Why would a monk do that? Was the monk visiting? No, I was visiting. I was in Cambodia. Hang on. You don't look like someone famous, do you? You don't often get mistaken by, I don't know, for, you know, Ross from Friends or not that you look like Ross from Friends. (laughs) Yeah, no. No, it's not for like, because I look like someone that he asked me to take a picture of him. Or a lizard licked your face. You see, I want the lizard licking your face. How big was the lizard? Presumably you must have been pretty close to it, unless it was one of those lizards with a really long tongue and you were just minding your own business. Actually, I think lizard is the wrong name. It's like, it was an iguana, so it was quite big. It was one like, as big as my arm, I think, considering the tail. Yeah, it was there. Like, I took a selfie with it and it licked my face. Ah, oh, it was while you were taking a selfie and it looked at your face and went, oh, it looks kind of like a fly. It licked your face. A lizard licked your face. Okay. I don't know. I really don't know. Okay, the story around the church sleeping was so detailed, but I think that must be true. I think it's very likely that a lizard could lick your face, in which case I don't I don't understand why a monk would ask for a selfie. So I don't think the monk is true. The lizard is a lie. <laughs> the lizard is the lie! Ah! Yeah. It's a very good, convincing lie. Well done. And isn't that nice to think that somewhere you could be on a monk's wall? Yeah, probably. I didn't think about that. But yeah, it's because we were in a really remote town in Cambodia. And it was interesting because we actually I was with a friend of mine. And I asked him, like, oh, do you think we can take a picture of the monks? And then the monk came to us. And because we look so different from all the people there, they said, well, can I guys take a picture with you? which was so interesting. It makes you really look things in perspective or what is interesting from the other side, even if you don't look like Ross or a fly. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Oh, my God. Do you know, that totally reminds me now that I used to go out with this girl who she like she was really tall and she was blonde and she visited uh, you know some somewhere like you've I, I don't know a, a very remote place and when she was there everybody always wanted to have their picture taken with her because nobody like most people were short and certainly no one was blonde and so yeah she was like a celebrity just for looking the way she looked in that oh I should have remembered that Okay, well done. You got me. One thing I wanted to, to, to mention, because you said how important meetups, getting out into communities and events were for you, but haven't you also ended up organising them, not just attending them? Am I right? Yeah, yeah, actually, that's right. I forgot to say that. 
So I'm part of Creative Mornings, which is a global network of events. They started 10 years ago, nine years ago in New York. And there are events, of course, every morning with a coffee. And there is a global theme. So for example, July is going to be Wonder. And uh, all, all the chapters, different cities around the world, are, they all like, okay, this theme is Wonder. So we should invite a, a special guest that's going to talk about this subject. And they're really, really interesting. They're really, really inspiring. And I got into them because I was on the other side. I was a 10 years audience member. And they're so interesting because usually the speakers get really vulnerable about, about their life. And being creative, they are kind of like you. And sometimes that talk matches with your thoughts in your life about, oh, what should they do about my life? Or oh, if you're really, really down. And then most of the time there are these speakers will say like, oh, look, I was really fucked up five years ago. And that's what I was. And they make, oh, okay, so there's opportunity for me to go on the other side. And it makes you think, oh, okay, that's great. I have hope. I, you feel really nurtured by the community and inspired. And just because it was in the morning, and it was such a huge effort to wake up in the morning, I said, you know what? What if I collaborate with them so I'm even more accountable of waking up in the morning? And also just to be able to give back and nurture the London community, which I feel is a great thing to do. So yeah, I ended up uh, helping and being the organizing team in the same team for almost three years, I think now. And uh, yeah, it's great. And recently we will submit with other people from all around Europe in Edinburgh, and we have a summit with everyone. And yeah, it's quite nice. It's a really nice, interesting vibe. So wherever you are in the world, I recommend you to check if there is a Creative Morning chapter. And if not, consider if starting one. It's just creativemorning.com. There's a great, great thing. There's a lot of videos online as well. And do, do you think being involved in organizing it also helps you and your business? Again, in terms of getting new clients, I think I had some of the initial coll like collaborations at the beginning because usually at the end people send out and they say, oh, I, I have this business. I'm looking for a person that helps me with that. So at the beginning, I did meet someone, if I remember correctly, I did a few projects. But as I said, more, if I had to answer, like, as I said, my business is not just my job, it's not just my project. So it's really, really important for me as a business because it gets me inspired and, uh, and yeah, I can meet people and just be, like, meet people that I have around me. So for me, it's really important because, let's say, again, like, if I had to consider my business as a freelancer as if I was my own company, I would not hire people that all look like me. So for me, being part of a network of creative at different point of views, because mostly in London, you have the luck that people come from any background. So you have people that are not like me, like women, or people that have different backgrounds, or people that work in completely different fields. They're so inspiring to me. And that's how, if I, if I was my own company and the board meeting or in, or in any structure of my own company, I would not have only little version of myself. And being part of this big community helped me to have diversity in my head because I can compare myself with others, I can hear them, what they say, what their point of view is, and how they see problems around the world, which is really inspiring. So in that point of view, it really helps me. Oh, such a great outlook on life. It's been brilliant chatting to you. Before we go, if there was one thing that you could tell your younger self about being freelance, what would that be? Yeah, that's weird because I think a lot of people quit jobs and go freelancing because they hate their own boss, which fortunately was in my case. 
but then a lot of people end up being like myself as well end up being their own slaves their own boss so if you go freelancing be your best boss that you ever had otherwise you're just gonna be another slave or whatever that means because you prioritize money you prioritize how much you work so you have to make sure that you reward yourself you take time off to learn or you mix projects you keep yourself creative and nurtured otherwise you're not gonna be free you're just gonna be slave and sick of it and sad yeah just because that's what it means actually to be free otherwise you're just a lens because you're not freelance <laughs> you're just a lens being used by whatever happens in your life brilliant stefano thank you so much it's been a joy to chat to you if you go to beingfreelance.com as ever as with all of the guests that we speak to on the podcast there are links through to what they get up to so you will find links through to what stefano is up to but also and oh it's a lovely website so i hugely recommend checking it out anyway but also uh, we'll put links to some of the stuff we've talked about so for example if you want to find creative mornings which i've not been to but i really want to now i wish i lived in london for example so i could get along to one but i'm not too far away maybe i maybe i should make that effort go to beingfreelance.com while you're there also come join the community stefano was just mentioning about community if it would be really nice to have you as part of ours so go to the website and there is a link through and you can join it there and then you get to chat to freelancers from around the world ask them questions support have a laugh we have live q a's live video each week and um yeah it's it's a good place to be so please do come find us there we've also got videos and articles at beingfreelance.com as well so do check it out and follow us on instagram or twitter if you can do me one favor though tell somebody else about the fact that you've been listening to this you can either do that online of course or maybe in a review or in person maybe if you're at a meetup like stefano was just talking about if you're there maybe tell another freelancer or creative about being freelance as the podcast and um yeah help spread the word anyway for now um stefano it's been brilliant speaking to you and uh yes all the best being freelance thanks a lot thanks a lot for your time 